Okay, folks, uh, good to see you this afternoon. Uh, I'm never quite sure how many come to each seminar, but good to see a full room. And uh, there's more coming, I think. If you uh, weren't here this morning, and, and I know some folks have arrived just for the afternoon, uh, with a really terrific morning, and uh, looking forward to these uh, the seminars. Uh, if you weren't able to make this morning, or indeed even if you did, we are recording all the sessions and uh, some of the, se the main sessions are going to be on YouTube uh, probably by next weekend. So if you want to follow it again or if you missed any of the sessions, um, and indeed this has been recorded as well, uh, so folks will be able to, to hear this too. So I uh, don't think there's really anything else to say except uh, welcome, uh, just to make sure you're in the right seminar. This is the one on <laughs> prophecy, uh, not the inner healing one, so uh, that's, that's what Paul's going to do here. So there's a couple of seats here, if, uh, if you're very brave, yeah, you don't have to be. <laughs> Stephen, come on here. There's, there's, there and at Thalassons with you here. There's two seats there. Otherwise, we're pretty jam-packed. Is there one over there? There's one over there at the window. Uh, around that way. Okay, I'll just pray and uh, commit our time to the Lord. Father, thank you for an opportunity again to, to hear from you. Uh, we thank you that you're a God who loves to communicate with his church, with your sons and daughters. Uh, Father, forgive us when we are not good at listening, when our minds are so full of the, the distractions and the voices of this world that often we miss that gentle whisper, the nudge, the prompting of your spirit. Uh, Father, forgive us. Uh, we pray today for a, a new sensitivity to your leading and to your voice today. Uh, and bless Paul as he encourages us and, and teaches us on this important topic. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Great. Thank you, Norman. Um, just to start, um, well, it's great to be with you. It's really encouraging to have so many people here as well. Um, Becky's got the, the sanctuary, but um, I've got the holy lectern. <laughs> some, some pretty impressive church furniture here. Um, we forgot to mention this morning that we've written a couple of books, um, the black one and the white one. So, Growing in Circles and Walking on Water. Um, but basically, the Growing in Circles book is, is it's about what, it's the dynamics of the Christian spirit-filled life. What do you need to know? Where do we get stuck? What releases us, helps us go into the next season? Um, and usually, it's not a new truth, but it's an old truth that we discover in a more profound way. Um, and uh, we discovered over the years that actually the number of these truths we keep coming back to and as we understand them more deeply it releases us into the next part of our spiritual journey with God. So that's what that book's about, um, what we need to know. And then Walking on Water is where Becky's testimony is in that book um, along with a bit more about some of my own um, experiences and encounters with God and that's, what, that's a reflection really on what we need to overcome to step into it. So one is really... To, they're both about teaching, but um, the white one, Walking on Water, has got a little bit more about overcoming certain of those internal barriers. And one of the most helpful things in that spiritual journey is the prophetic voice. Um, I love the way that Norman was, was praying about it. It is simply listening to God and what he has to say for us. 
but because we live in the world of um, competing voices. There are so many voices around that are speaking into us or over us um, in culture every single day, but having formed and shaped us in very profound ways often, the voices that have been spoken over us. And what we need is we need the Father's voice to call us into our true identity so that we see him clearly and we see ourselves clearly. And it's important we start there because for a lot of people, once you start talking about prophecy, it raises all sorts of issues. Um, we Sometimes, um, in some countries actually, when we go and teach, we, we don't mention prophecy. We talk about hearing God's voice because the phrase prophecy is so loaded that people um, struggle to kind of dial down into what we're actually talking about. So what we're talking about is not telling the future. Uh, not, not the big revelation about something cataclysmic that's going to happen, you know, end times prophecy or anything like that. that. There is a bit of that in the Bible. It's quite rare. Most of what's in the Bible is forthtelling rather than foretelling. In other words, it expresses what God is thinking or feeling about a particular situation or person or season um, rather than telling us what's going to happen in the future. The other thing is then, if people say, well, if it's not um, foretelling, maybe it's like the Old Testament prophets, it's about speaking truth to power. It's social commentary. And, and again, that is very much part of the prophetic gift. But it's not where it started. It's not the norm. And I think the, the most helpful way of thinking about prophecy is actually to go back to, to the beginning and think about the relationship that God gave uh, in creation. So this is the paradigm. This is the model of what he wants our relationship with him to be. So God created Adam and Eve and he put them in a perfect garden and he said to them, I want to walk with you and talk with you. And he met with them face to face. And that is ultimately what God will restore. And in the new creation, as we're stepping into uh, all the time, the, the, the new thing that Jesus is bringing, which is breaking in, that's probably the best way to understand prophecy. What is it to walk with God? We often throw out terms like, you know, do you have a relationship with Jesus? You know, that Christian life is not a religion, it's a relationship. All very, very true, but in a relationship, there's normally talking and listening. It's two-way communication. And that's really all we're talking about. So in the beginning, God spoke face to face. He met with his people. And some of those um, patriarchs, those that followed Adam and Eve in the, um, after the fall and after the flood, there was that sense of encounter that God would meet and speak with his people face to face. Track on a little bit later into biblical history, you'll see um, in uh, 1 Samuel 9, verse 9, it says um, Samuel was a seer, and it says in those days, that's what we used to call the prophets. The prophets were known as seers. So the, the, one of the first times that prophecy is really mentioned like that is it's talking about the ability to see what is going on spiritually with eyes that are not just seeing the, the created order. Again, that's a really helpful way of thinking about the prophetic. And then ultimately that comes on to more talk about prophecy, which has um, the word prophecy has something to do with speaking forth. So it's actually about declaring the, the words of the Lord. So there's a number of um, instances uh, throughout the Bible where, with that paradigm in mind, God wants a relationship with us where it's a communicative relationship, God does nothing without revealing it to the prophets. You know, there's all these sorts of phrases. It's worth seeing how normal, 
not even normal, but normative prophecy is, that this actually is for everybody. So I'm going to start in um, Numbers 11. Uh, Numbers 11 is um, Moses is uh, commissioning the elders. He's been, he's been told it's not a good thing that he's trying to do. You know, he, he needs more people to help him, so he's commissioning the elders. And the 70 elders come, and it says the Holy Spirit come, came down. He took some of the power of the Holy Spirit that was on Moses, and the Lord put it on the 70 elders. And it says, this is Numbers 11.25, when the Spirit rested on them, they prophesied, although they didn't do it again. Uh, in other words, in that moment when the Spirit of God came upon them, they consecrated, they prophesied. What does that mean? You know, was they, were they talking about the future? Were they speaking truth to power? No, they were probably declaring the wonders of the Lord. They were speaking accurately about who God is. And um, two men weren't there. They were listed amongst the elders, but they hadn't turned up. And the Spirit of God also rested on them, and they prophesied in the camp. And a young man went to complain to Moses. I, I think he probably was, in, in my denomination, he would have been a church warden, I think. <laughs> yeah, Moses, something's happening. It's not authorised. I'm not sure about this. We need to kind of get this sorted out. And it was actually um, Joshua who then speaks up and says to Moses, Moses, my Lord, stop them. These people are prophesying, but they're not in the right meeting. They haven't turned up at the appointed place for where the prophecy thing is happening. And Moses brilliantly responds, uh, Numbers 11, 29, Are you jealous for my sake? I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets and the Lord would put his spirit on them. Now, just a few things to take out of that verse. Firstly, the association of having the spirit and prophesying. So when the spirit of God comes, people prophesy. And secondly, perhaps even equally importantly, the heart of a man of God, I wish that everybody did this. And you start seeing that going through the Old Testament. Now the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament is that in the Old Testament, the Spirit of God came on particular people at particular times for particular jobs. The Spirit of God was not yet poured out on all flesh. But there is this, um, this heart that that is what would happen. Now just to take the... Um, Take those two in reverse order. Let's, let's take the, the fact that, uh, well, no, for, do, do it in the same order. So the first point, that the association of the Spirit of God and prophecy, um, there's some very interesting passages where those two come together. And I just wanted to highlight one, which is uh, 1 Samuel 19. Um, and uh, in verse 20, Saul sent men to capture David. But when they saw a group of prophets prophesying with Samuel standing there as their leader, the Spirit of God came on Saul's men and they also prophesied. Saul was told about it and he sent more men and they prophesied too. Saul sent men a third time and they prophesied. Finally, he himself went down and when Saul came to Nioth at Ramah, the Spirit of God came on even him and he walked along prophesied. Uh, prophesying and he prophesied in Samuel's presence and so it was said is Saul also among the prophets now what I want you to see from that is that when the Spirit of God comes on somebody in the Old Testament the normal sign of the Spirit of God is that somebody will prophesy so when you um, talk uh, in the prophets about the great um, day of the Lord when the Lord is going to uh, come and start to fulfill his promises 
one of the, one of the verses that we often go to is um, chapter 2 of the book of the prophet Joel. And it's because the Apostle Peter picks it up on the day of Pentecost and says on the day of Pentecost where the Spirit of God is being poured out, this is fulfilment of what Joel spoke about. And it's a passage you'll probably know really well. We, we read it a lot, and obviously we hear it quoted at length in, um, in Acts chapter 2. This is what is said. The Lord says, um, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. What happens when the Spirit of God comes on someone? They prophesy. That's what it's saying there. And, and he then expands it and says it's sons and daughters, old and young, even uh, servants. Some, some translations say men servants, maid servants, which kind of carries a kind of connotation of whatever people's socioeconomic status as well. So it doesn't matter whether we're male or female. It doesn't matter whether we're old or young. It doesn't matter whether we've got all of life's privileges or where we've kind of like dragged ourselves up from the gutter doesn't matter if you're a child of God through faith in Jesus then what this is saying is I'll pour my spirit out on all people and the sign of the spirit of God coming is that they will prophesy and that's exactly what you see into the New Testament as well so in the New Testament uh, on the day of Pentecost the spirit of God is poured out on all flesh for the first time and of course Everybody hears them declaring the wonders of the Lord in their own tongues. And Paul, uh, Peter says that this is a fulfilment of the prophetic uh, promise. So Peter, using slightly different translation, says this. This is what was spoken of by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. He's including that within the prophetic word. That's a normal Hebrew way of thinking. You say one thing and then you unpack it in the second sentence. So the prophetic includes the seeing of visions and the dreaming of dreams. I don't know if it's old men spend more time asleep. Um, I think actually what it is is that visions are easier to understand because you just, you just watch them. Dreams, as you've heard from Becky, I'm married to a weird person, aren't I? Um, but dreams are hard to interpret. And um, so this scripture suggests... The seeing of visions is easier, the, the dreaming of dreams and the interpretation of dreams may be a bit harder. And then it says, even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. And this is really what Jesus is inviting us into, the relationship. You know, when he described himself as the good shepherd, he said, my sheep hear my voice. And they know it's my voice. When they hear the voice of someone who's not the shepherd, then they'll run away. Mm -hmm. And so part of the birthright of a Christian is this instinctive ability to be able to hear what God is saying. Fundamentally, primarily about who he is and who he says we are. And the essence, the heart of the prophetic is knowing who we are, knowing who he is. And some people, as we, as we go on in that, we have the facility to begin to hear from the Lord in, in other ways. Um, and then perhaps some of the other things about speaking truth to power, knowing what God is saying about social conditions in our nation, or even sometimes being able to know things that 
um, are going to happen. The things in, perhaps in those areas of revelation, that they will come as well. But if you want to get to that kind of level, you have to really go through and grow through the foundational stuff. And so the essence of it really is learning how to receive and give what God is saying about who he is and who we are. And then learning how to speak that appropriately and sensitively to each other. So Jesus said, didn't he, um, if you want the greater things, you need to be faithful in the little ones. And I've seen that all the time. A lot of people are really hungry to, you know, I really want to learn more about the prophetic. And sometimes there's a, there's a slightly, um, slightly, if we're really honest, there's a slightly sinful, I want people to look at me. I want people to, you know, wow, this person's awesome. They have revelation. And, uh, and, and Jesus says, a lot of people don't get there because they're not, they're not really faithful in the little things. And so I've discovered that the people that God does seem to use the most are the people who are most willing to step out and take the risks on the little things that nobody will ever see. And so often people say to me, I really want to grow in the prophetic. And I, I sort of say, well, in which case, what you want to do, set yourself the task of never saying no when God nudges you. Uh, because if you're in a room and there's a lot of people there and you get a nudge from God, go and talk to her, she's on her own. Or if you hear... Uh, about a situation where there's a bit of a need and you think, well, I've got two of those and you get a nudge from God, I should give one of those to them. If you keep saying no to those sorts of things, you're not being faithful in the little things and therefore you're probably not going to get the bigger ones. So this is part of the discipleship journey. Um, it's an instinctive king kingdom principle in, in all sorts of ways. If you want more, give away what you got. It's, it's amazing. In the kingdom, if you want more, give away what you've got. So Jesus says, we covered it this morning in uh, Matthew 10, freely you have received, freely give. That's the appropriate thing to do with what the Lord has given you. It's also the way to grow to get more of it. And you'll know that in life. You know, If you want friendship, be a friend. You know, if you want love, love people. If you want to be financially free, become generous. You know, so in the kingdom, give it away. If you want to grow in the gift of healing, pray for the sick. Now, if you want to grow in the prophetic, be faithful in encouraging people with words that are going to be a blessing to them. And that's probably the big hang-up, because um, I'm not going to teach for much longer, but what I'm going to do is let you have a go. Uh, and I, I would, normally at this point I say the doors are locked, but I don't think we can do that today. So, um, But what I want you to know is it's incredibly simple to take little steps. Now, when I sort of say, you know, what we're going to do is we're going to give words from God for each other, two objections spring up immediately. The first one is, I never get anything. Okay? I, know, I know that some of you will be resonating with this. I never get anything. I never get anything from God. And, and I would say, look, the problem is not the Lord's inability to speak. It's our inability to recognise him speaking. He's constantly speaking to us. As Norman said at the start, we have a communicative God. You know, he is speaking to us. We're just not very good at recognising him. So what we're going to do is we're going to do a little exercise, which um, unless you are brain dead, and I'm looking around the room and thinking you're not, um, you have minds that can be stimulated and you have imaginations and thoughts are constantly coming across your mind, right? Even, in, even at 2.15 in the afternoon. So, yeah, so it is true. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to prod your mind 
And I'm not saying that everything that comes into your mind is going to be from God. Please don't hear that. What I'm saying is, in the middle of it, you will see some of it is. The second thing is people say to me, well, if not everything is from God, you know, uh, I don't know whether I, what I've got in my mind is from God, and therefore I might be horribly wrong if I give it. Now, that's probably a more common thing. A lot of people will say, I think God's spoken, I'm not going to give it, because what happens if I'm wrong? So what we're going to do is we're going to set a very, a very low bar on this, and we're going to allow you to be wrong. We're going to allow you to give things that may or may not be prophecy, um, but we're going to put a, a very low bar filter on it and say that you are only allowed to say nice things. You're not allowed to say anything that's directive. In other words, I really think God's saying you should go to China. You're not allowed to say that. Uh, you're also not allowed to say anything that's rebuking or corrective. You know, I think God's you know, saying that you're failing your taxes, stop it. Okay, you're not allowed to say that, even if it's true, tell them later. Um, even better, tell the pastor. That's the best thing. When um, the Apostle Paul talks about the spiritual gifts, 1 Corinthians is the passage that we normally go to. And um, for three whole chapters, the Apostle talk, Paul talks about the spiritual gifts because they were being abused in Corinth. He's already earlier in the, in the epistle, in chapter 1, said, it's, a, it's fantastic that you've got all these things. So he's totally for it. He's not saying, you're making a mess of it, stop doing what you're doing. What he's actually saying in chapter one is, I, I love the way that God has enriched you in every way, in your speaking and your miracles and all this thing. But then as he goes through the letter, he says, now I've got these things against you and how you're actually practicing it. So in chapters 12, 13 and 14, he says, you need to basically first recognize that you're a body. Every part needs every other part, even if they're different. So don't put yourself up, don't put other people down. Don't even put yourself down. Everybody's needed in the body. Second thing he, he then goes on to say in chapter 13 is it doesn't make a, you know, it doesn't matter a rip what you do unless you do it in love. We're not about impressing people. We're not about bold, you know, spectacular gestures. We're actually about a consistent posture of love. And love has all of these wonderful qualities, which you might have had read out at your wedding or something like that. But it has all of these wonderful qualities, and it, this passage about love is embedded in a discussion about the spiritual gifts. And then we get to chapter 14, and this is what he starts saying. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. The, the and in the middle of that is really important. It's not a full stop. Follow the way of love. That's the, you know, that's the full stop at the end of the last chapter. Now I'm going to go talk about eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially prophecy. I think what he's actually saying is, if you really want to love people, you will eagerly desire the gift of prophecy. Because the best thing you can do for somebody else is tell them who they are in Christ and tell them who God is in a way that will raise their faith and help them to receive all God's goodness for themselves. So if you really want to love someone, you should try and love them with a love that's stronger than your own and speak words to them come from heaven rather than just your own heart. I think that's what he's saying. Uh, and then he contrasts it to the gift of tongues, which he is in favour of, but is being abused in that church. And he's saying the problem with when you're speaking with tongues, you're actually speaking to God, you're not speaking to people at all. Um, you're also speaking unintelligibly, so it needs to be interpreted. However, you are edifying yourself, you're building yourself up, so it's not a bad thing to do, it just doesn't bless anybody else. 
But prophecy is different. Prophecy is God speaking to us for other people. And he says this, it's uh, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3. The one who prophesies speaks to other people for their strengthening, their encouraging, and their comfort. And so that is the, that's the filter and the bar that we're going to put on this little exercise today. You're only allowed to share what comes to your mind that could strengthen somebody, encourage them, or comfort them. Now, I, I do want to encourage you to take a few risks in that. So you can say things which are wrong as long as they're potentially a blessing. So you could be standing next to someone and, you, you know, in this little exercise you might hear, God sort of put it on your heart, I think she's a lovely singer, and um, she may be thinking, I've got a voice like a crow, but thank you very much. Okay, so you're allowed to be wrong, it's still a blessing. You see, you get the difference? Yeah. So that's what we're going to do. Now, I'm, this is going to be really easy. I will guarantee to you, this is a bold claim, I know, um, because I believe that God is always speaking and I, because I believe that you... You are his sheep. Um, every single one of you, you're going to get things that you'll be able to share. It's not going to be difficult. I'm going to make it really simple. Um, what I'm going to do is get us in a moment into pairs. And I'm going to have one of you pray for the other. And I'm just going to prompt your mind with a whole load of questions. And all you need to do is just, is just remember any ideas or impressions or <coughs> illustrations that come. Um, and... Then at the end of it, I'm going to go, right, if any of that potentially, whether it's right or wrong, is something that could strengthen, encourage or comfort them, even if it's just a nice picture, I'm going to get you to share it. And then you will be amazed at how God has spoken to encourage and bless people through that. Now, one of the, one of the things in this is posture. Nobody's going to impress anybody else. We're all going to kind of like do it as complete novices, even if you're like a grade A prophet to the nations. Um, we're all going to do it the same way. And we're all going to offer it incredibly humbly, which means I think the most important way of sharing prophecy is to begin with the words, I could be wrong, but. We often talk in, in UN England, we often talk about the difference between offering something in your hand and slapping them around the face with it. So we're going to offer people things in their hands. Is that okay? Good. Are you up for it? Of course, you could just sit there and pretend, but why not give it a go? Now, so to do this, I need everybody in twos. I'm also going to make a suggestion. It's so much easier if you're not married to the person that you're with, okay? Because otherwise you're double... Why did you say that? What do you think? What do you think? You know, are you thinking about that conversation last week? You know? So, it, I don't want... This could be chaos and it could take too long. But what I'd love you to do is, if you could stand up and then scramble yourself around a little bit, find a new friend and then sit down together. I'll give you two minutes to wander around the room. Bethany can do it on her own if she wants, or she can hang on to that. Quick as you can, find a new friend. And when you've found somebody, if you could uh, take a seat and sit down, that'd be brilliant. It's okay, you, men can be with women, women with men, that's fine. Okay, if you've, got, if you've got a partner, would you like to sit down so we can see the others that are still waiting on, uh, on a connection? So if you've got a friend, do please sit down. 
feel free to turn the chairs around if you need to. All our gents. That's wonderful, you're very good. Introduce yourself to each other, especially if you don't know each other yet. Okay. So, I, I knew this was going to be challenging in a room full of Irish people. Right. Five seconds more to introduce yourself, because I know you're all having too much fun. Right, fantastic, really good. So all you need to do now is work out who's going to go first. So um, choose a number one and a number two. Brilliant, okay, hold on. That shouldn't be too difficult. Okay, this is what I'd like you to do. This is what I'd like. In my experience, nearly always, number one is the person who's slightly more confident than the other person. Okay. Okay. So we're not going to do that. Okay. So um, I just played a mean trick on you. Um, number one, we're going to start with you as the person uh, who's being prayed for. So, um, so if num number one, all I would, gen genuinely speaking, all I want you to do, number one, is I want you to close your eyes, have a happy time with Jesus for about ten minutes. Okay. Now, what we're going to do, number two, is I'm I would love you to pray for this person. And um, then I'm just going to ask some questions to cause some things to come to your mind. All I want you to do, don't worry too much about testing them. You can have a little conversation with God about them if you want. Ask him, you know, what's that mean? Show me something else. That's okay. Um, but don't worry too much about the whole testing thing. We can do that later as a, as a filter. Um, the other thing that's really helpful, although it's counterintuitive for almost every UK evangelical, is when you're praying for them, keep your eyes open. Now, the, the now you don't have to, but it's just it's really helpful because it reminds you this is a person whom God loves. Actually, you're, you're, you are listening to God, but it's actually for this person. And once you... Um, it's so powerful in, in the ministry of the Holy Spirit, whether you're praying for healing or whether you're um, hoping, praying to give a word of encouragement, it's so powerful that you have a bridge of love, that you're, you're not... This isn't a problem, this is a person. This isn't a project, this is a person. This is somebody who God loves. So looking at them is really helpful in that regard. And actually, a lot of people, as they go on with this, you remember I said that prophets used to be called seers? Actually, sometimes it's when you look at people, the Lord starts to speak to you about them. Okay, so number one, if you'd like to close your eyes. I'm going to lead a prayer. Close your eyes and close your mouth. Very good. Okay, I'm going to lead a prayer. So... Father, I just want to thank you for this number one. Uh, thank you for this person. Thank you for who he or she is. They are deeply, amazingly, wonderfully loved by you. And we offer ourselves, Lord, as uh, channels of blessing and encouragement to them. Holy Spirit, would you inspire our hearts and minds with thoughts that we can bring that would strengthen, encourage and comfort them revelations of who you are, who they are, and what you're saying in this moment. Okay, so number two. Look at your number one and just see what things come to mind. You don't need to dredge them up. We sometimes say prophecy comes like the tickle of a butterfly's wings. 
you just have to let it land. It doesn't need to be heavy, but just don't chase it, scare it away. So, Lord, how do you see this person? Who are they in the body of Christ? And the Lord might give you a, a role that they play. What are his or her gifts, skills? Now the next thing you might want to say is, Lord, Bring a Bible character to my mind right now. Again, you don't need to dredge it up. Just let a Bible character come to your mind. What is it about that person, that character's story or example that you're highlighting? to just ask you can ask God further questions if something comes to your mind but assume that it is him speaking okay we'll run the filter over it later so the Bible is the vocabulary of the Holy Spirit he inspired it so that's the sort of thing that he likes to say and so often prophecy is simply speaking a scripture over somebody that's absolutely relevant to this moment so Lord, would you bring a scripture to mind? A Bible promise. You don't need to know the reference. It could be a name of God that he wants them to know that that is who he is for them right now. For many of us, the Bible that we know is now embedded in our singing. And actually lots of Christians nowadays particularly know their songs better than they know their Bible. But is there a, is there a lyric from a song or a hymn that God wants to bring back to mind? some of these questions you might not have anything come to you other times you might have several things come to you just, just remember what comes to you that's, that's the key thing we're going to talk um, now about um, what some people call pictures um, now all of us have an imagination and we have the ability to visualize things in our heads um, in fact we sometimes call it our mind's eye you know I saw such and such in my mind's eye so if I was to say to you, um, Giant's Causeway, you've all immediately got a mental image. 
Now, some, some people are more imaginative and more visual in their minds than others, so you could probably tell me what time of day it is and whether the weather's nice. And other people, you've just got a kind of slightly hazier, slightly sketchier outline. That's the way I normally operate, by the way. Um, but as soon as I said Giant's Causeway, you had a mental image. So that is your mind's eye, and that's when somebody says, oh, I think God's given me a picture, that's what they mean. So Lord, we give you that part of ourselves, our imagination, our mind's eye. And just ask you, Lord, to bring an image to our mind's eye that in some way could strengthen, encourage, or comfort this person. Now, obviously, images need interpretation, so ask, ask God, what, is, what might that mean? It could be very, very simple, could lead on to another bit of conversation with the Lord. Okay, great, doing really well. Um, remember what I said about seeing? Let's just have a quick look at your, your number one. Does God draw your attention to something that they're, they're wearing or something about them that might start a thought, trigger a thought? And then finally, and this in some ways is the key, key question. Lord, what is this person most, what does this person most need to hear from you right now? I'll just give you a minute. Now, there were lots of things will have come to the mind of you, number twos, you brave people. Um, your only filter is, is it going to strengthen and encourage comfort? Okay, is it potentially nice? You may not even understand what it is or what it means, but if it's not corrective and it's not directive, um, if it's not clearly unbiblical, you know, I'm, I'm going to say pretty much 95% of everything that you've got is shareable. So what I'd like you to do now is, number one, open your eyes. I hope you had a nice nap. Nice to have you back. Um, num number two is about to pour a huge amount of potential encouragement over you. Um, starting with the phrase, I could be wrong, but. Um, they, are, you have, they have total and utter permission to be wrong in all sorts of things, but I'm pretty confident a lot of you, number ones, you're going to go, I can make connections with that. That's a blessing. So. Go. I'll give you about three or four minutes to do this, so what you do, do quickly. Okay, start coming into land. Five, four, three, two, and one. And we're, we're done. Well done. I, I knew I was brave for letting the Irish have a go at that. You know, you're all very good. I could actually, I could see that for some of you, that was actually quite an emotional thing, wasn't it? So, so those of you who've just received loads of encouragement, I'm not asking you to say that a hundred percent of it was all definitely from God, but.
But those of you who've just been on the receiving end of that, how many of you would say, I think in the midst of all of that, the stuff that was from God and I can receive it? Yeah. Okay. So it's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing. Now, what I would normally do if we had a little bit more time is I would now get, um, I'd, I'd get the, your friends to pray over you. I usually say, pray your greatest hits. So no, those are the ones that really seem to resonate. I, and pray it now with faith. So you offered it humbly. The person said, as they received it, I think that's from God. So now pray it with faith. And then we would just sort of say, well, I thank you, Lord, that she is a teacher and that you see her as a daffodil turning towards the sun, you know, whatever it was. <laughs> you know, and you would just pray over them. The reason you do that is because when Jesus gave the parable of the sower, you remember the seed that fell on the path? It, the birds of the air come and eat it, take it away. And what it says is that the devil loves to come and snatch seeds to stop them from being planted. Well, a seed of encouragement, you know, it's like you, good things get given out in church and sometimes the devil's sitting there just outside the door going, I'll have that, I'll have that, I'll have that. So what we want to do is have the Holy Spirit superintend his word, plant it into people, um, and we forbid the enemy from snatching the seed. I'll actually do that for all of us all at once at the end. It's probably slightly more efficient today. So any guesses what we're now going to do? Okay. Oh, you're way ahead of me. It's a sharp bunch. Okay, so change roles. Number two, um, it's your, your time for a pleasant time with the Lord. And um, again, I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And then I'll lead us in um, a very sim similar set of questions, if we may. So that's good. So uh, number two, if you just... Focus on the Lord, number one. Again, I know it goes against everything that our Christian heritage has trained us to do, but worth remembering you're, you're offering yourself as a channel of love and grace and encouragement for a person. So it's really helpful sometimes to, to look at them and remember that this is somebody that God loves dearly. So Lord, we want to thank you for these people. We, we may for this exercise have dubbed them number two, but they're number one in your eyes. Uh, I thank you, Lord, that you love them incredibly uh, that you want to speak words of strengthening encouraging and comforting to them and so we offer our own selves our bodies souls minds spirits we offer ourselves lord uh, to step into that place to be a blessing to them would you give us prophetic words words that carry your reality and your power and that release your your future so the first question to ask is, really, the, the who is this person? How does God see them? What does he call them? Well, the revelation that Gideon had was the angel turned up when he knew he was weak, and the angel said, Hail, mighty warrior. How does God see this person? Could be an image, could be words. What's the contribution that they make uniquely to the body of Christ? How are they a gift to the rest of us? What spiritual gifts? has God placed in them or, or is bringing out from them that perhaps aren't yet seen. Sometimes 
prophecy calls forth something into being that's there in potential. And it's the first time it's spoken over somebody that it really, it's powerful. I see this in you. Just remember, let these things come. You don't have to make anything come. Now, the Bible is the vocabulary of the Holy Spirit. He wrote it. So, so often, one of the things he wants to say to somebody is just taking from that book of eternal truth. The Lord, is there a, a scripture promise that you want this person to be reminded of? A scriptural truth or a name of God. Something from Revelation. And you can have a fantastic prophetic ministry if the only thing you ever do is give people the scripture they need to hear in that moment. You might find, some of you, if you're deeply, deeply soaked in the scriptures, you, you might find this is a really significant way that God speaks to you. You may have two, three, four verses of scripture come to your mind. Just, just remember them. For some, it's song. That really helps them uh, remember truth. So is there a, a lyric of a hymn or a chorus. Sometimes you'll just hear something go around your head. So staying with scripture, let's ask God to bring a Bible character to our minds. So Lord, right now, bring a Bible character into my mind. And what is it about that character's story uh, or example about their witness? What are you highlighting that would encourage this person? Remember, you can have a little chat with God and sometimes he'll unfold the picture. It's so often, actually, when we start to prophesy, um, the more, as we go, the more we get. Okay, so now we're going to use the imagination, uh, the mind's eye, that I spoke about last time. Remember where in, when your mind, that place where you see things. Lord, will you give me a picture? Put an image into my mind's eye. <coughs> and we're all, we're all wired by God in different ways, so some of these will come more easily than others. 
as you're praying for them, why don't you, number one, open your eyes so that you can look at them again. And just see if there's something that God wants to highlight about them. Sorry, number two, keep your eyes shut still. <laughs> number one, you've got what number you were, haven't you? It's so, so often it's a simple thing. It's just God, God is just using something... You know, it almost didn't matter that they picked that piece of jewellery today or that they have, he has that logo on his shirt or something like that. It's a trigger, that's the point. Um, and, it, and God will use that just to nudge you in a particular direction. So you don't have to make something happen. But sometimes God will just spark a thought. And then finally, uh, the final thing is, what does this person most need to hear from you right now, Lord? Probably going to be simple. What do they most need to hear from you right now? Could be, I'm with you. Could be, I know. Could be, well done could be your prayers have been heard. I don't know. What, what does this person most need to hear from you right now? I'll just give you a few more seconds. Okay, great. Okay, well done, everybody. Um, so I've lost. I've completely lost track of numbers. Um, so, um, so I'm just going to trust one of you was listening and one of you has been listened for. So now is your time to receive lots of encouragement. Now the filter is only that this could be a potential blessing, um, and the the deal is it's offered humbly with the ability to be wrong. So I could be wrong, but this is what I felt God put in my mind. Go. <laughs> Don't remember. Don't forget. It's good to give feedback as well. You can make connections. I'm on the big countdown clock now. <laughs> Five, four, three, two, one. Okay, well done. You're all, you're all practice professionals now. That was so much smoother second time around. Well done. So again, those of you, um, I lost track. Uh, the number twos who were just receiving, weren't they there, I think. Um, so those of you who just received, how many of you would say, not necessarily everything, and sometimes you just don't know. You know, you don't know. But how many of you would say that? Yeah, within that, I think there was some definitely some stuff that was from God. Show of hands. Okay, brilliant, isn't it? So you get my point. Everybody can do this. Every one of us is capable of hearing from the Lord and speaking over somebody else. And of course, if you start out being faithful in the small things and going for the the stuff that you know to be safe, rather than jumping ahead of time into big risk. 
if you say something over, over somebody, you know, I think God might be saying that he sees you like this. If it's a blessing, great. It may be more of a blessing than you could ever imagine. I've lost count of the number of times that I've kind of like said, uh, I just think it's a prophecy um, that, that I'm going to give. Basically, actually, I was just reminded of a word in scripture. And people will say, I was, things like, they will say, I was reading that this morning. Um, or that's my life verse. Or three people have told me that in the last week. Um, and what happens is it massively builds up faith that God knows us, loves us, he's for us, he's got a plan that he wants us to come into. And most of us struggle to become the people that the Bible says we can be because of stuff that's in us. And we need encouragement to get there. Um, so that's all this is about. We actually train our small groups to do this um, and say, from time to time, have an evening. It'll probably take half your small group time, but... It's such a great way of learning to bless each other. And if we could make this a normal and natural part of church life that doesn't necessarily need me to be reading out a list of questions, then what an amazing fellowship to be in where, where all God's people are prophets. So um, I'm going to close in prayer and then release you back to what's left of the rugby. I don't know what the score is, but I'm sure the sides of righteousness are triumphing over the Scots and the Welsh. So let's pray. Lord, I want to thank you um, that you answered that heartfelt cry of your servant Moses, where he said, I would that all God's people were prophets. You put it into the heart of your servant Joel to long for that day, and you put it into the awareness of your servant Peter that that day has been fulfilled. That you, in answer to Moses' prayer, you said, I have poured out my spirit on all flesh, on sons, daughters, high and low, old and young, and they shall prophesy. Thank you that your sheep, Jesus, hear your voice. And so with what's been spoken, we, we pray, Lord, that the wind of the spirit would blow through, blow away all the chaff that's just us, that the pure wheat of your word, Holy Spirit, we pray that you would take it, plant it deeply, watch over it until it brings forth the full fruit and we forbid the enemy from snatching the seed that strengthens encourages and comforts i ask lord that everybody would go with heads high hearts full because of what you have spoken to them of who you are and who they are in you and help us to be faithful lord in this that we might serve each other in love following the way of love and eagerly desiring spiritual gifts especially that we might prophesy to each other what an amazing church we could become. Uh, we give you all the glory. Amen. Amen. Great. Thank you. See you tonight.